0: So many euphemisms, euphemisms, euphemisms. Welcome back to episode two of the Raising Boys to Men podcast. The Deuce.
1: Episode two. Episode two.
0: I wish I'd have said Deuce. (laughs) That's great. We're about to get into a new segment called Annoy or Enjoy.
1: Dad, life can be real hard, but also very sweet. Whining boys can be a drag, but most time they're really neat. It's time in the show to share what's happening. Annoy or enjoy a look
0: inside our parenting. I enjoy that Gritty loves to get soaking wet whenever, whenever water is around. It's pretty awesome. Sopping wet. Sopping wet. That's fun. Yes.
2: He just goes for it. Doesn't matter where the water is. No, nah, if there's water around. If it's, it's like sitting in, in the driveway. He's it all It could be 50
0: degrees outside. He doesn't care. That's awesome. Body fat keeps him warm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so annoyed at Remy's scrapes and bruises and scabs a boy gets hurt all the time. He came home the other day, and he had, like, cuts on his nose, and he had, like, this big, like, cut on his upper lip, and it looked like a Hitler stash. <laughs> That's nice. scary. I mean, we were on a walk day after that, and the neighbor's like, man, it looks like he really got into some chocolate and enjoyed himself there. And it's like, mm, no, it's just dried blood and scabs. <laughs> How do you scab your lip here? He fell down some concrete steps. Oh, gosh. <sighs> Vicious. Was it your fault? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Definitely.
1: (laughs) It was nobody's fault. Yes. He's just a boy. Yeah, so I enjoy pushing Adler in what he calls his baby swing. Um, We've had, a, a, I guess, a Fisher-Price swing since he was young and uh, since he was an infant. And uh, finally hung it up in a tree... Over about two weekends ago, and uh, we set the sprinkler underneath it, and, and he gets probably higher than a uh, 22 month. Uh, it's old pretty. It epic. Should I've seen it? i uh, I think he, I think he's pretty terrified. It kind of reminds me of the the fair swings that you you yes, know you never know if gosh. the rope's going to break on. But and you can
0: <laughs> double as high if you wanted. He
1: gets he gets pretty excited. It, I'm jealous. It's pretty epic. Um,
2: right. So we talked last time about a word that we wanted to talk about in episode two, and it's not viscous properties for (laughs) those that thought that might be the word. Um, We're going to leave you hanging for a little bit longer because we wanted to build up into that. You know, we were talking earlier just about it's not necessarily about teaching our kids the difference between good words versus bad words. It's much deeper than that. Not that we know how to do it, but it's about <laughs> <laughs> communicating at like the child's heart level and really developing their character. And also just understanding that they're sponges and they're learning and they're young. And I was thinking specifically like, well, what word is like not necessarily bad, but a lot of parents maybe cringe at the thought of that word. And I was just thinking like the word dumb. Mm. Like it's dumb a... It's an okay word. It's a good, it's useful word. But just thinking about the difference between mm-hmm. something is dumb versus someone mm-hmm. is dumb, like there's a big difference. That TV show is so dumb, or you're dumb. Yeah. You know, I think of like that Home is Alone. Really dumb. I am upstairs, dummy. And, like just how disrespectful that is to.
1: Yeah. And that's not really a, a nuance that a kid really understands, right? right? Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, do it, most adults understand it? No. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I do.
2: Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, would dumb be considered a bad word then? Because kind of leaning toward, well, we probably shouldn't say that.
0: Yeah, I haven't thought about that word, but we haven't thought through it yet. But I imagine there's some words that you're just like, a two year old shouldn't say that. But then when they're 10, <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, like at least yeah. in my head, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and there's all
2: kinds of words probably in that category. Like, yeah. maybe even stupid. Maybe yeah. that's like next level. That's that's like a level worse than dumb. Yeah, that yeah,
1: that is just a weird tension that you feel for. Yeah, I don't want my two year old saying it, yeah. but I'm probably okay with my teenager, you know, repeating it as long yeah. as it's not at me. Yeah.
2: Well, I <laughs> right. mean, like you were saying too last week, Mitch. Like just with oh my gosh. Yeah. And right, like right. A lot of people probably wouldn't think twice about that. Right,
1: mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just odd that, that there is an innate, like, uh, cringe that we have for how young our kids are and how how their vocabulary should be for their age, right? I, I don't understand all the peculiars about it, but it's just odd. Yeah.
2: And I mean, I think, too, just with words, like, obviously you want to be very yeah. intentional with them teach them stuff that's helpful and not harmful Can build people up and be kind. And as opposed to, you know, being mean or grumpy or, you know, I, you know, I think a lot to just what some of the Proverbs say, you know, gracious words are a honeycomb to the soul, but a worthless man's speech is like a scorching fire and just like, gosh, that's good, great wisdom on the surface. But like, how do you teach that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, So it's like, like I said, it's kind of much deeper than just the word itself. It's, it's more of like that character and that Mm. how you're raising your boys to men, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yes. See what I did there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I I, I think it makes me think about, I can teach my son to say certain words in certain contexts that are appropriate, but even more so than that, if I'm going to do that, I, I, he is picking up even more so the words that I'm saying and in the context I'm saying them and so it, I might be a hypocrite and say don't say this in this way this you know has an effect does xyz but then I might do the exact same thing right but but also just in general just in my moment to moment conversation he's seems to be very observant in how I treat people and what I say I don't know you got my brain going Andy. So I <laughs> well, I mean,
2: is there any like words that either you guys mm-hmm. say or phrases you say or, 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 or I mean, mm-hmm. even words and actions a lot of times go together.
0: Yeah. So I have one. It's very easy for me to think about or, or, or for it to pop in my head because I've thought about it a lot recently is <clears throat> it's been a reaction for me to say that's okay in the context of usually he's like you said about Remy earlier, he's, falling down and getting hurt or at least <laughs> acting like he's hurt or maybe it's like 30 minutes until his bedtime and he's just going to fake cry about everything. Um, I'm not venting at all right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the enjoy. <laughs> no, or no, it's thing. not. <laughs> I <just realized. laughs> but I realize the reaction I say, whether he's like genuinely hurting or he's just being fussy is I, I'm very quick to say, you're okay. You're okay. And, mm. I've just kind of been convicted about that. I haven't processed it out very much, but I'm realizing I don't think there's any place for that word to be helpful at all. I don't know. Like, I almost feel like it's me saying, Suck it up, son. Right. Uh, you're <laughs> fine. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah, and I don't want to do the opposite. I don't want to like you got a boo boo, which I, I feel like I actually do that sometimes because <laughs> he's like really cute right now and he's right. just like my boo right You kiss it, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and it's it's okay. fun, you know. if He's five. That's not cute, but if he's like one and a half, it is. But <laughs> so I, I don't want to go to that realm where I'm just like coddling him extremely.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not coddled, but not a coddle all the time. I should yeah. say. Nor is it. Not allowing any room for emotion, right? Yeah. Like I, I think yeah. it's allowing them to express emotion, uh, you know, when appropriate, and not uh, just bottle it in, right? Yeah. yeah, don't don't just bottle it all up. So it's a it's a, a balance somewhere in the middle that we haven't yet figured out. But I totally get not wanting to teach him early to sweep it under the rug, yeah. like that's that's uh, not a not a consistent practice that we want to
0: have. Yeah. I guess it'd be helpful to kind of look back yeah. at my own life and to see, because if those were similar things said to me or not, I'm not sure. Right. But I do know that I didn't really express emotion around other people. I usually did it in my room and I yeah. let it all out, but I never felt safe okay. to express it to those closest to me. So, yeah, I, I would want Grady to be able to genuinely let me know how he's feeling yeah. and be able to even understand, you know, mm. How he's feeling. And I am afraid that those words, that saying you're okay, might be, might take part in suppressing both of those things. Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm. So you're saying okay. The word okay is on par with the word dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I see what you're saying. Like I was actually thinking, too, when you started saying that, just something I picked up not too long ago from my brother-in-law, who's got a, a little boy about the same age as Remy and Adler and Grady. Um, he's also got a little girl, so he's he's a veteran. <laughs> when his little boy fell, you know, still about the same age as our boys, um, can't communicate, but he would just like engage with them in communication, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying it's okay or stop crying or oh you your boo boo or talking mm-hmm. like whatever, um, mm-hmm. but just saying where does it hurt? Can you show me where it hurts? You know, obviously in much softer than what I'm talking about now. Is yeah. it hurt here? Help and kind of help them like point out what's wrong and sort of open up that avenue for communication. Um, and I, I t- saw that and I was like, oh, yeah. Wanna, yeah, that's great. I want to take note of that because, like, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a soft, tender father, but it's also not coddling either. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if there's nothing wrong and they, at some point, they're going to be able to communicate yeah. that, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's actually nothing here. I'm mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. complaining, I'm freaking complaining. out or complaining yeah. or yeah. yeah frustrated because I don't know what's going on or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's almost helping guide him to be able to understand what he's even into feeling or thinking express yeah. himself. Period. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, there is a word that we were talking about earlier that we've all agreed on is a very good word that yes. we're going to teach our sons. It's a good word. A Good word. Not a bad word, but a good word. Mitch, is it a good word? Penis. <laughs> Did you say penis? I said it loud and clear. Oh, my. Glad well, you said it. I said it a couple times. That's last. right. Well, yeah. I don't, have I said it yet? Penis? Okay, there. <laughs> there you go. Chalk it up for Andy, too. There you go. So, yeah, we, we were talking about that. I think we've <laughs> got multiple reasons. I think some of them may be more well thought out than others. Yeah. But for, for me, just to kind of open things up, it kind of goes into what we were just talking about. Like the main reason that I want to just be accurate and precise with my words, specifically with penis. I mean, like all our boys are a year and a half to two years old. Yeah. Like I'm sure they have realized they've got a penis. (laughs) Yeah. They tug on it. They pull it, you know, in the bathtub, getting diaper changed. They aim at you. That's where their hands hands. go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: It's really to open up that like, communication channel with me and remy me and my son yeah you know i always want like a goal for me is like for him to be able to come to me talk about anything unashamed regardless knowing like he'll never be judged i'll never you know laugh at him or make him feel embarrassed or inferior or anything like that and just you know giving him good accurate words and at some point we're gonna have some conversations that like we kind of snicker still as as dads and like <laughs> conversations we're going to have, to have at some point it's like, how are we going to do this Yeah, just about sex and yeah penis. and i so i guess it's a bigger conversation than just penis it's you know it's vagina and all those words breasts
0: yes i was wondering if you're gonna
2: keep going my <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> podcast is rated r now yeah <laughs> right <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's really just about having that open communication and establishing that trust yeah. from an early age. What do you guys think about that? you have anything to
0: add? Or? Holly and I had a conversation about it. I, I have no idea when. I'd <laughs> been before Grady was born or us reading a book or having a conversation early on in his life. I can't remember. But I do know a passion for me is exactly what you're saying, Andy. is is I, I would love for my son... One, to feel safe to approach me about hard conversations, things he doesn't understand, and that either Holly or myself, he would actually feel safe to approach us and ask those things versus like asking a friend or, or another place that when he's curious, because our kids are, yeah, 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 that's the truth. But you know, our kids at a very curious age and they're only going to be, continue to be more curious. I'm I don't know if Adler's saying it, but I'm, i We have a next door neighbors they have a I think he's four, I might be saying age wrong, but he's always saying, What's that? what's this mm. or you know mm. why and and so yeah. he's just a very curious yeah. kid yeah and and so I would love for him to continue, continue to feel safe to come to me with that and then secondly, and almost more importantly to me is that my son or if I had a daughter gets to hear from myself or Holly about what God intended yeah. on XYZ to be yeah. whatever it is and so that they get to hear a healthy definition or a healthy unbroken uh, right. definition of this term where when they get into other environments they're going to hear these words or any kind of word uh, or expression uh, in a way that is very broken and so I I would love for them to have an understanding of those things before they even hear it from someone else. Yeah, uh, which means I'm yeah. probably gonna have conversations earlier than I realize. Yeah, about some things. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we want what we're getting at is we want to teach the good, the right, and the beautiful. Yeah, as opposed to a teaching the the negative side of that. Yeah. Don't say that word or don't say this yes, word. Yes, yes. Right, exactly but much right. more of. Here are the here is the truth, yes. which is kind of what you're getting at for clarity, and then number two, like here's why that truth is good. Yeah, you know? that's great. Um, and so building up from the from the ground up, building that foundation, then the kids have an understanding. Five years down the road, six, yeah. whenever they encounter these these inevitable conversations, they know, hey, that's not right because right. I know what's yes. right. I know what's right. So yeah. That's that's super important.
2: That's a good point, too, because, you know, I think back when, Matt, you were talking, and you too, Mitch, just to Genesis, like, when Adam and Eve sinned, they realized they were naked, and they were ashamed, yeah. because it's like they had something revealed to them the wrong way. Mm-hmm. The irony in that is, like, before that, like, they knew the truth, and they were, you know, God created man and woman, and created them to be sexual in nature, and, like, There's like a good and beautiful and helpful way of teaching that even now that it has been compromised and ruined and and it's just broken. You often assume it's gonna be like, yeah, when they're a teenager, you sit them down, have the talk. But I mean, we've heard from other dads that are older than us, it's like
0: Mm -hmm.
2: five years old, maybe even younger than that. I mean, that you kind of,
0: and it's a constant,
2: Mm -hmm. it's not a one time sit down.
0: I'll never forget a book I read that your father in law gave me, Andy. He had three boys, I think. So so he, he was really hounding in or pounding in the, the thought that... The, the author had three boys. Yes, yeah. <laughs> My father-in-law had three girls. No, so yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. And I thank married you. one of them, by thank the way. You. Thank yeah. you. Yes, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. Yes, yeah, so the author had three boys. His name's Steve Farrar, and it's called Point Man, the book. But uh, I'll never forget, yeah. uh, he, he shares a story that he has a philosophy of... You know, I want my boys to know, hear it from me before they hear it from someone else. Mm, yeah. And so his son, I guess, picked up in school, like, learned the F word at seven years old. And so he just said it out loud randomly out of context <laughs> wow. in the back of the car. But his dad pulled over the car and said, son, like, since you said this, let me just explain to you what it means. And so he talked to him about sex at seven years old. Oh, wow. And I, I that shocked me when I first read it, but the premise of I'm going to take advantage of this moment versus Mm -hmm. like run away from it. Yep. Or suppress. Mm -hmm. Again, back to that word. Suppress it, yeah. But run to it and it's very humbling and I I consider it a gift and an honor and also scary that uh, God has given us boys to be able to share with them a restored and a kingdom uh, advancing view Mm -hmm. of God's creation and and what God intended and that's exciting that they get to hear that from us and by God's grace that that God's renewing our minds and those things as well Mm. yeah
2: a couple of other good reasons too that we thought penis is a very appropriate word to be using around our sons first thing is really just to standardize the vocabulary and the actual anatomically correct term as opposed to euphemisms and colloquialisms that they're gonna hear. I think Mitch was talking about like, just to have that truth of what it really is to stand on when they find themselves in that situation. You know, I was thinking too that like, I mean, it's kind of funny that you hardly ever hear somebody (laughs) use the word penis as an insult or like as vulgar humor or anything right. like that. So it's really, it's true. Yeah. it's kind of like heart type of stuff. It's character yeah. type of stuff. Yeah.
1: There's so many other uh, words that are associated with the insult side <laughs> of things there. So,
2: yeah. yeah. We'll have a TV time or a radio or a podcast time out here for you guys to make your own list <laughs> of what those are. Yeah. and uh, yeah. Just Brad's s- balls. Yeah. <laughs> s- submit them to Mitch and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, he'll, he'll mail you a prize if, if you get the most creative. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely something redeemable uh, there to, to teach what's right and true and accurate. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing we were thinking too is, and this is something we are definitely not the experts on, but outside of Christian circles, I mean, we're three Christian guys, but you know, psychologists and law enforcement and medical personnel, like pretty much everybody agrees using the anatomically correct term is, is a good thing when it comes to children being able to communicate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we're uh, the only families that are prioritizing this. And, and I think there is a movement of people, if you will, um, that are, that are doing the same thing and it's primarily driven by this in my opinion is just with all the cultural, um, awareness mm. heightened awareness in our time right now of, of sexual abuse and you know that obviously includes um that within the church as well we, we were talking earlier and saying like an, an abuser is probably not going to use that term in mm. in their manipulation mm. right but there's just power in calling it what it is yeah. and I don't know. It's it's a bit of a mystery there for me, um, but obviously the medical community and mental health community communities are are in that same vein of let's call it what it is. Let's get rid of all the the euphemisms and and there's some value in that. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a point we wanted to harp on that we want to make sure that we're doing all we can to uh, both prepare our our families for, for those type of situations, uh, heaven forbid, um, yeah. but also just pre- prepare us to defend f- at a larger scale, defend against uh, sexual abuse within our communities. Amen to that.
0: All right. That's the end of episode two of Raising Voice to Men. The deuce. <laughs> the deuce. <laughs> Big number two. <laughs> the big number two.
1: If you've made it this far, does you really, does does. really deserve a prize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, wives, for checking it out. Thank you, everybody else, uh, for tuning in. Uh, we hope to do some more of these. Uh, maybe we'll have some special guests. And get to hear from them and, and their wisdoms. Since we only have one and a half year old boys, but yeah, we look forward to just kind of figuring this out as we go. So thanks so for checking it be out.
2: Calling it number two.
0: Poop or poopy? <laughs> you. <laughs>